0: Well, I want to welcome you to part two of a brand new summer series that we're doing here at Hope Community Church. It's called Amen, and it's a series on prayer. So thank you for being here on a, on a summer day. I'm excited about this series. Um, I, I'm getting excited about this word, amen. And uh, Chick last week talked about the amen corner. So uh, so feel free to amen and and just, you know... Preach it, whatever you want to say, because <laughs> um, we can have some fun with this. But uh, "amen" is a great word; it's a powerful word. And uh, my son Hudson, he's uh, he's one and a half, but uh, even even as a little little infant, um, he began to uh, he began to say "amen." You know, I guess I guess when you're a pastor's kid, "amen" happens to be one of your first words. Um, but we, at our house, we pray before meals. And, uh, and so when you say amen, that means it's time to eat. And uh, Hudson is always hungry. He's always starving. And so even at nine months, ten months old, he, we sit down and we start praying. He's like, amen, 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 amen. Let's eat. So amen is a great word. And, and not just because when you say amen, it means it's time to eat. A- amen. Amen is actually a statement of confidence that punctuates the end of our prayers. Isn't it? It isn't the word amen, as we learned last week. Isn't it a word that means let it be? Yes, truly, so be it. It's the statement of agreement and confidence that we have. It's saying what I prayed is true, and God has heard me, and he's going to answer this in his perfect way. So, yes, amen, let it be. It's confidence. It's agreement. It's a, it's a great word. It's a powerful word. And yet, how many times when we pray do we have that confidence? Do you ever struggle with prayer? I think about my own life and I think about my own prayer life. Many times I have struggled with confidence or I've struggled to pray. Have you? I find myself in my life that I have, I've struggled to find the time that I want to pray. I've, I've struggled to believe in prayer. I, I've, sometimes I pray and my words feel so inadequate. Have you ever felt that way? So sometimes my amen hasn't been as strong and as confident as I've wanted it to be. Maybe you can relate. Do you guys remember when... When Jesus, on his way to the cross, they stopped in a garden and and the disciples and Jesus began to pray. Do you remember that it was only Jesus who stayed awake? You guys remember that? See, they tried to pray, but eventually they had to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And that's what I want to do in the next couple of weeks. I want to go to Jesus. And I want to say, Jesus, teach us to pray so that we might grow in our confidence and our ability to pray. And so we're we're going to help you with that. We're going to go to Jesus and we're going to learn how to pray. And we're going to get some great teaching on prayer. I thought Chick did an incredible job of kicking off our series. And last week he talked about How prayer isn't just this moment. It isn't just a request. But our whole life must pray. And he shared with us this this awesome verse from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, which says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And to pray without ceasing is... I love how Chick said it. He said, to pray without ceasing is to have an atmosphere in your heart that's in constant communion and conversation with God. It's when our whole life becomes a holy sacrifice of praise and worship to God. Prayer is not just a moment. Prayer is an ongoing conversation. So we start here with this idea that our whole life must pray. And today we're going to continue our teaching. We're going to look at Jesus and We're going to say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So we're going to have some good time here together on Sunday morning learning about prayer. But it's really important that we actually begin to pray. And so we want to give give us opportunities as a church to actually pray. And I just want to highlight a few of those. First of all, Friday, July 27th, we're doing a night of worship and prayer. And I want to invite all of you to come out and to have some time of prayer Together, It's just from 7 to 8 p.m. It's going to be an awesome, enjoyable, powerful time where we can grow in our ability and our confidence to pray. We'll have child care. It's going to be a great night for us to actually take this to the next level and pray. Um, one more thing. As a church, we want to pray for you. And we as a church, we want to be praying for each other, right? And one of the best ways and one of the, the best places that we can do that is actually in community. It's in our small groups. And so if you're not a part of a small group, or if you're not active in community, I want to invite you to be a part of community here at Hope Community Church. And um, the best way for you to find a community, if you don't know how, is to go to our website, hccwg.org. You can go to the groups page and click find a group, and we will help you connect with a group. The last thing I want to mention is that every week we send out an email. It's called prayer and praise. And prayer and praise is a safe place for you to share your personal prayer requests with with the group of people at our church who want to pray for you. So if you want to submit a request, if you have something going on in your life and you you need the church, you want to get the church praying for you, you can submit that request to prayer and praise. Go to hccwg.org. It's at the bottom of the page on the right-hand side. You can learn more about it. You can find out how to get involved with that. Or you can submit, submit a prayer request. So these are ways that we're praying as a church. Because we believe in prayer. And we as a church want to be a praying church. And so today we're going to continue that that move towards a life of prayer. And I want to talk to you about having your own moment with God. Having your own amen moment. Remember how we talked about how Moses had a tent of meeting? Where he'd get away and he would meet with God? Jesus, he talked about the secret place. And meeting with God in the secret place. And the Apostle Paul, he talked about a life that is hidden with Christ in God. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about experiencing God in the secret place. What is the secret place? It's this place of prayer and intimacy with God. So listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6.6. He's giving us instructions for when we pray. And Jesus said, when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, he's he's providing some challenge to the religious leaders of his day who would try to pray publicly to sort of boost their own reputation. He's saying, no, 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 don't do that. But go, get away, get in the secret place and talk to your father who is in secret. And so this scripture, this is the secret of Jesus' prayer life. And this is the secret for any of us who would desire to pray. For any of us in this room today who would like a deeper, richer prayer life. We come to Jesus to learn from him. And we're saying, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door." Talk to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So let's pray. And let's ask Jesus to come and to teach us how to pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for each person here. We thank you for the good. We thank you for the difficulties. Because we thank you that you are at work in our lives. And you have so much that you want to give to us if we would only come and ask you. So we're here today. We're humble. We want to receive from you. So God, open our hearts. God, give us a desire to talk to you in secret places and to receive everything that you have for us. So guide this time, lead this time, teach us, and we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I have three things for you, three ways that we can begin to pray more like Jesus. And it starts with this. It's so simple. Find a secret place. Find a secret place. Get a secret time and a secret place where you can get alone all by yourself and simply meet with God. In Matthew 6, 6, this is what Jesus says. He says, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And if you think your life is a bit chaotic, anybody, your life is a bit chaotic, my life can get a bit chaotic, I want you to imagine what it would be like for Jesus growing up in his day. I have a picture of a home from Jesus' day. This is from uh, the, the new Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., which is an incredible experience. you got to go. You can actually walk through some homes in Jesus' day. It's a very cool experience. This is a home in Jesus' day. And... And back in Jesus' day, they didn't have eight to ten rooms. They didn't have the three to four bedrooms, the 2.5 baths, the two living spaces, you know. They didn't have all that. The kitchen, the dining room. Homes in Jesus' day had one room. And the whole family would kind of live in that room. How many of you, if you think about your entire family living in one room, would say, uh, I think people would die. People would die. (laughs) Now imagine for Jesus and what it would be like for Jesus to grow up in this home with only one room. Well, we have Jesus. That's one. Plus, if you read your Bible carefully in Matthew 13, 55, we learn that Jesus had at least four brothers and two sisters. So that's, um, you know, that's six, seven, um, plus you add Mary and Joseph... That's nine people living in one room. Some of you, actually, that is a good description of your home, right? You've got a lot of kids and living in one house. And, and that's what Jesus experienced. And then just outside the house, you have this carpenter's workshop where Joseph would spend his days, you know, cutting and pounding. And, and you've got to go, where do you get away to get some quiet? Where do you get away to pray? And what I believe is, is I believe that Jesus found a secret place where he could get alone and meet with God. See, every home in Jesus' day had an inner room. And you can see the door in the picture. It was really a a closet or a storage room. And I can just imagine that for Jesus, that was literally his prayer closet. It was his secret place where he could get alone and disappear. And talk to his Father. So Jesus had this secret place. He'd get alone and meet with God. And as you read the Gospels, you begin to see over and over and over again. And Jesus had this habit. Of getting away from everything. And getting alone. In secret places. Quiet places. Solitary places. Just to meet with God. I'll share with you some scriptures. Luke five sixteen. Jesus what? Often withdrew to where? Lonely places and prayed. Let's look at Mark 135. He often withdrew. Very when? Early. Very early in the morning. While it was still dark. Jesus got up. He left the house. He went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 6.12. One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent how long? The night. Whoa. Spent the night praying to God. Luke 9.18. Excuse me, Mark 6.46. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray, a quiet place. Then Mark 6.46. Or is that what I just did? No. Luke 9.18. <laughs> Come on, Brian, stay with yourself. (laughs) Jesus was praying alone. He was praying alone. And then um, Jesus used to often visit Jerusalem. And even in Jerusalem, he had a little place where he liked to go and pray. It was was an olive garden on a mountain. Luke 22, 39 through 41, Jesus went out as usual. He had a a spot to the Mount of Olives. He knelt down and prayed. Now, I, I find these scriptures are powerful as we look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus had a habit of getting away to secret places, lonely places, quiet places, places without interruption where he could get alone and simply talk to God. And what I've started to ask myself is, is if Jesus needed that habit to stay close to God, how much more do I? Like if Jesus needed to do that, the Son of God, to stay close to his Father. If he needed that habit, how much more do we? So Jesus says, you want to pray? He says, find a secret place. Find a quiet place, a lonely place. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, go into your room and shut the door and pray. You're like, hold on. I got so much going on in my life. My life is busy. I have work to do. And what does Jesus say? He says, shut the door. I got kids that constantly need my attention. Shut the door. My phone is blowing up with notifications. (laughs) How many hours do we spend on this a day? And Jesus would say to us, guys, shut the door. Shut it off. Find a secret place and come and spend time with me. What's in the secret place? Why is this such a big big deal? The big deal is that God Himself is in the secret place. Where is God? How do I experience more of His presence? And what Matthew 6 6, what Jesus tells us, is that you want to find God? He's in secret places. He's in quiet places. He's in lonely places. The God who fills heaven and earth, come on, we can talk to him anytime, anywhere, but the God who fills heaven and earth is strikingly close in a secret, quiet place. A quiet heart, a quiet room, is a sanctuary for the presence of God. And God wants to meet with you in secret, quiet places. He's waiting for you to come and to meet with Him. In fact, Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. He is in the secret place. He's there. He's waiting for us to come and spend time with Him. When I was 21, I got my first ministry job. ...as a youth ministry intern. That's not exactly a position of much... ...prestige or privilege... ...but I did get an, an office... ...my church. Um, my office turned out was actually a closet... ...in the church. To this day... The, ...that old office is now a closet for wedding supplies... So I got hired on, youth ministry intern. All right, here's your, here's your closet. Thanks. But What was cool about my closet office is that it had a secret passageway into the walls of the church. You guys have that little, you know, closet thing go up and some of you know what I'm talking about. You're like in the, inside the guts of the church. Yeah, I had a little secret door in my closet office. And uh, this was a time in my life when I was learning about prayer, and I was pressing into God, and I was like excited about secret place, secret place. So I was like, I can like get into the walls of the church. So I got some blankets and sheets, and I got a picture of Jesus, you know, with like the wavy hair, and <laughs> got a rug hauled all these things into this wooden skeleton of the church and I put everything up and I made my own secret place to go and to meet with God. So in the middle of the day nobody would know where I was and I'd go into the wooden skeleton of the church I'd bring some candles and I'd light a lot of candles. (laughs) Youth ministry intern, okay? Intern. (laughs) But I get alone. I pray and meet with God. And it laid the foundation for, you know, here I am almost 20 years later. A man who loves the secret place and wants to call all of us to find that quiet time and quiet place to be with God. Do you have a secret place? Do you have a time and a place where you can get alone and meet with God? I was thinking about Susanna Wesley. She had two famous children, John and Charles, who impacted the world greatly for Christ. And their movement became known as, as the Methodist movement. But she had 19 children. <laughs> I love it. 19 children. How do you get alone with God when you have 19 children? Well, Susanna would literally take her apron and pull it over her head. (laughs) And to all of her children, that was the do not disturb mom. She's talking to Jesus. And so, I mean, I can just imagine her, you know, under her apron. Ninth, I don't know. I don't have an apron. <laughs> She's got her apron. Nineteen kids all around, and there she is talking to Jesus. She, she would shut the door on everything just to get alone and meet with God. And what was the impact of her prayers? Could it be an entire movement of people around the world who are coming to know Jesus Christ? It's the power of the seeker. So I want to encourage you, just like Jesus said, find a secret place. Go into your room, shut the door, and pray. Next thing Jesus says, he says, uh, find a secret place. Number two, talk to God. Talk to God. Jesus says, go into your room and shut the door and pray. And at the basic level, that's what prayer is. Prayer is Talking to God. Prayer is communication. It's conversation. It's communion with the living God. So we get to talk to God. How awesome is that? God hears our prayers. That's incredible. And it sounds so simple. Talk to God. But sometimes things that are simple aren't always easy or natural. I remember when I first asked Angie to be my girlfriend, she was, well, I was 17, she was 15, we met at youth group, so there's a, uh, get your kids in youth group, (laughs) we met in youth group, went to a summer camp, got a little flirty there, started hanging out, talking on the phone, we really liked each other. So I wanted to do this thing where I was like, I want to make it official. I want to ask her, I want to ask her to be my girlfriend. I don't know if guys still do that anymore, but you should. <laughs> and so on September 12, 1995, I got at The Courage and I got on the phone and I gave her a call. I was so nervous to ask one simple question. We talked for a while. I said, Angie, you want to be my girlfriend? You want to go out with me? And she said, yes. And I didn't know what to say after that. <laughs> so I said, that's awesome. All right, well, it's getting late. I got to go to bed. <laughs> at eight o'clock. That's what she thinks is so funny. It's like, who goes to bed at 8 o'clock? It was an easy question, right? Just got to talk to her, ask her out. But it's not always easy. It's not always natural. We don't always know what to say. It's the same thing with prayer. We have the opportunity to talk to God. But it's not always easy. It's not always natural. And we don't always know what to say or how to keep the conversation going. So I just want to give you three quick topics that can energize your prayer life. Number one, talk to God about your life. Talk to God about your life. It's a great way to start to pray. It's just to bring your life to God. So we talk to God about our life. God is with you. Um, God knows what's going on. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He sees what you're going through. And we can bring all of our joys and all of our frustrations to the throne of grace. And I love Philippians 4, 6-7, through which says, Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Look at this promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus says, in everything, prayer. In everything, thanksgiving. In everything health problems, in financial difficulty, in relational conflict, in big decisions, in everything, bring it to the throne of grace. Whatever is going on in your life, you can bring it to Jesus. So we talk to God about our life, and we talk to our life about our God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, begins to guard like a soldier, guards our hearts. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. So you want to pray. Talk to God about your life. Number two, talk to God about your Bible. And I want to encourage you as you go into that secret place. Maybe some of you this week, you're going to try it for the very first time. You're going you're to bring your Bible and... And you're going to spend some time alone with God. And maybe you open up the Psalms, which is a great place to start. Or, or one of the Gospels. And, and I want to encourage you to read your Bible. In fact, um, Scripture encourages us. In, in Psalm 1, and in several places, it says, Meditate on this book day and night. And that's what we want to do. We want to meditate on this book day and night. And as you read your Bible, you're going to read some awesome, awesome stuff. You're going to see a brighter picture of God. You're going to see who he is. You're going to begin to see a bolder possibility for your life. And then what are we going to do with that? We're going to take what we're reading in scripture, and we're going to begin to pray that back to God. And so this morning, I'm reading in Daniel. Oh, man, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And I'm going back to God, and I'm saying, God... How awesome it is that you reign over everything, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and God, I want to be a part of that God, I want to see your kingdom, let your kingdom come, and all of a sudden, what I was reading is now catching fire in my heart, so we want to man we want to read our Bible and we want to pray our Bible pray it what you 're reading in god 's word is a great topic for prayer. so talk to God about your life, talk to God about your Bible, number three. We're going to learn more about this next week. Talk to God about Jesus' prayer. It's it's the prayer we know as the Lord's Prayer. And I love the Lord's Prayer. Because the Lord's Prayer is a prayer to teach us how to pray. And we're going to learn how to pray from Jesus next week. We're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. Because what we have in the Lord's Prayer are 53 words to inspire our conversation with God. And in fact, on... Friday, July 27th, on our Night of Worship and Prayer. So we're going to learn about the Lord's Prayer. And then on Friday night, we're going to come back. And we're going to use the Lord's Prayer as our guide for praying together as a church. Pretty excited about that. Those are three great topics um, for prayer. and, And this is the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's a powerful prayer. Teach us how to pray. So how do we pray like Jesus? Find a secret place. We get alone with God. And we talk to him. There's so much you can talk to God about. Last one. Find a secret place. Talk to God. Last one. RECEIVE FROM HIM. EVERY TIME YOU PRAY, IT IS AN OPPORTUNITY TO RECEIVE FROM HIM. JESUS SAID, WHEN YOU PRAY, GO INTO YOUR ROOM AND SHUT THE DOOR AND PRAY TO YOUR FATHER WHO IS IN SECRET. And WHAT DOES THAT LAST LINE SAY? IT SAYS, AND YOUR FATHER WHO SEES IN SECRET WILL REWARD YOU. DO YOU BELIEVE THAT THERE IS A REWARD IN PRAYER? I do. I believe that every time we pray, it is an opportunity to receive from God. There are times in our life where we expect to receive something. Birthdays, Christmas. In fact, my wife is pretty awesome on her birthday. She doesn't expect a whole lot, but she does expect to get a card with a handwritten note. Love and appreciation, you know. A few years ago, I did something pretty bad. Didn't get her the card. Well, actually, I got the card. I thought about the card, but I didn't give her the card. Bad idea. So, like, guys, next time you do something that was kind of like, you know, bad and you get in trouble a little bit, you're like, well, at least I didn't do what Brian did. At least I got you a birthday gift this year. I forgot the card. And for a whole month, she reminded me. She's like, hey, you know, you're going to get to that birthday card. And then she gave up, right? But then some of my coworkers at church found out that I hadn't given her her birthday card. And so they start reminding me. Hey, guys, I got this great idea. What if we did a youth mission trip to New York City? Actually, Brian, I have a better idea. Why don't you write your wife a birthday card? <laughs> Those were literally the conversations we were having every week. My wife's birthday is the end of June. Six months later, on Christmas morning, my wife, true story, got a birthday card. So don't do that. And what I'm saying is that God is not like that. God is faithful. And every time that you pray, it is an opportunity to receive from God. Why do you think... Jesus spent so much time in prayer. Why did he get up early? Why did he stay up through the night? Why did Jesus spend so much time in prayer? Well, I mean, Jesus, like, he kind of had a boring life, you know. There wasn't, there wasn't much going on. Um, they didn't have Netflix or, you know, they just didn't have a, like, what else was he going to do? No, no. Jesus had a daily ministry to thousands and ten thousands of people. Every day, thousands of people would come to see Jesus. So there were days where Jesus didn't eat. And there were days when Jesus didn't sleep. And when his family showed up, and you read this in Mark, they looked at Jesus and they said, You are out of your mind. That's literally what it said. They showed up, there like, Jesus, you are out of your mind. And so even though there were days where Jesus wouldn't eat, and there were days when Jesus wouldn't sleep, but there was never a day where Jesus didn't pray. Isn't that interesting? He would go without food. He would go without sleep. But he would never go a day without prayer. I go, why? And I think it's because he received so much in those moments of prayer. And it's exactly what it said. Pray to your Father in secret, and your Father in secret will reward you. Over and over in my life, I've seen God answer prayer. How many of you have seen God answer prayer? Isn't it awesome? Isn't it amazing to see God show up in ways that we never even thought or imagined? To come through in ways we never believed were possible? James 4.2 says, we do not have because we have not asked. And just imagine all that God has for you if you would simply come and talk to him. I used to hear, uh, I've heard this before, um, God has three ways to answer prayers. Have you heard that? Yes, no, and maybe. I kind of don't like that. (laughs) It's like, here's, you know, check it off. Yes, no, maybe. Guys, God is so much bigger than that. God has so much more for us in prayer than yes, no, and maybe. He has his presence. And when you go to pray, he offers you his presence. He offers you his peace. He offers an outpouring of his love. He wants to speak to you. He, he wants to give us opportunities to hear his voice. And sometimes he'll give us a word of encouragement or a picture. And we'll hold on to that. God, you're with me. God, thank you that you love me. He says, he says, he says I reign in this situation. I've got you, whatever. But God is going to speak to you. And he's going to guide you. And he's going to give you wisdom. There are going to be days when you When you pray, and it's not going to be yes, no, or maybe, but God is going to give you strength to face what you're facing. And God's going to give you courage to do what you need to do. That's not a yes, no, maybe. That's an I am with you, and I love you, and I've got you, and I reign. And there are even times where as you pray, God, have you experienced this? We'll redirect your prayers. Like my good, perfect, and pleasing will for you. What I have that is so much better. And if you would only begin to pray in this direction, you would begin to find everything that you are looking for. God has so much more for you than yes, no, and maybe. And every time you pray, you're going to receive from something from him. His strength, his wisdom, his guidance, his love, his peace, his provision. It's all ours in prayer. Every time you pray, it's an opportunity to receive from Him. Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So that's it, right? How do we live this out? Is there a time today or tomorrow where you can find that secret place? Get alone. Talk to God and simply receive from Him. It's my challenge to you this week. Get alone with God. Bring your Bible. Talk to Him. Receive from Him. You can do that right now. Right here in this moment. I was praying this morning on the way in. I said, God, this is no joke. I said, God, church today, I said, let it rain. You guys know that rain in the Bible is a picture of God's presence coming into the midst of drought? What if that's what God has for us as a church today? And as I'm walking up, God, let it rain. Come today, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit. Let it rain, God, upon our church today. And then Leo says, you hear that? It's starting to rain. <laughs> and I was like, it's kind of random because I just said, God, let it rain. And So I'm holding on to that today, that God wants to send his rain to your life and his presence and his peace, and he wants to pour into you today. So, so maybe it's appropriate as we close, simply to close our eyes and to open our hands. Will you do that with me? God, we need you today. And we thank you that you're a God who loves us unconditionally. And that you want to be a part of our life. And you want to send your Holy Spirit and you want to send your presence and your peace. But God, you love to be asked and you love to be invited in. And so today, God, we say, let it rain. Let your presence come. We receive everything you have for us. We ask for your peace for those who need peace. We ask for joy for those who need joy. So there's some people in here that are facing a big decision. God, would you give us wisdom for the decisions that need to be made? There are those in this room who have children and grandchildren who are hurting and broken. And so we pray for them. And we invite you, God. We ask you to come. And would your, God, let your presence reign Upon this room today. We love you, Jesus. We love your presence. We love being with you in secret places. We're desperate for that. We're desperate for more of you. So would you come, even in this moment, as our hands are open, let your presence overflow in our hearts. Let our cups overflow peace and the presence and the joy of the Lord. There are people in this room today who don't know what it's like to have a relationship with God. Today you can, in this moment, talk to God. Say, God, I want you in my life.
1: Thank you for dying on the
0: cross for my sins. Thank you for, for new life. going to give you himself, even as you talk to him right now. We